Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. As we, uh, as we heard in the, uh, the song that we started out singing today, Turn Around, and how God can turn indeed things that the devil intended for evil, he can turn it around for good. And, and we heard also in song, Healing in His Hands, <clears throat> meaning that God can heal whatever is going on in your life in addition to physical issues, but be it be they financial or whatever problems are go- going on in your life, God, is indeed, God can indeed heal them. And kind of the, the thread, the, the, the common thread running through all of, all of that is change. So today's message is dealing with change. How do we deal with change? We've all heard the expression that change is good. You've also heard the, the expression that the only thing constant in this life is indeed change. I mean, that's an old thing you hear it in management circles as well as every place else you may go. The only thing that is constant is change. Change is sure to happen. Change is definitely sure to happen in your life. But as often as we hear it, we still struggle with it. As often as we hear it, we still struggle with it, you know. Over the last several weeks, I've had a lot to be thinking about relative to change. I mean, dealing with vertigo and then some family issues, you know. As you know, Sister Tanya is back in New York. And, and that just kind of upends your life. Things change. Things change unexpectedly, you know. You can't always plan for change. Sometimes when you do plan for change, the prospect of, of surviving that change sometimes can be kind of rattling, you know, because you start asking yourself, oh dear, how am I going to deal with this particular change? And why is that? Because most of us hate change. Most people don't like change. Most people are very accustomed to just sort of a constant level in their life, you know. You go to bed at night, you expect to wake up in the morning, at least I hope all of you do, you expect to wake up in the morning, and then you have your day lined out before you, you know, be it, you know, getting dressed, be it going to work, going to school, things around the house or in the neighborhood, whatever it is that you might do, you tend on doing that. If there are people that you talk to during the day at 11 o'clock, you expect that call to come through at 11 o'clock, you expect to make that change. And if anything in that cycle of events happens, it kind of throws us in a tiz, you know. So how do we deal with change? How do we deal with change? It upends our comfort levels. It leaves us insecure many times and afraid. You know, when change comes into your life, many times it leaves you afraid. Because you're so accustomed to doing something, and then all of a sudden, now i got to do something new. And your mind takes you through a whole thought process of now, how I'm going to cope with this change? How am I going to deal with it? It's not what I'm accustomed to doing. You know, it challenges our expectations, our routines, even our understanding of the world and how we live in it. You know, many times if a change, depending on the, the magnitude of that change, you know, you can actually... You start asking yourself, gee whiz, how am I going to live through this? How am I going to deal with it? I'm so accustomed to doing this, I'm so accustomed to expecting that. Or I'm so accustomed dealing with other people, and so accustomed to that person being there. You know, the Lord knows my wife being out of the house for this time, it's, it's a change. You know, I thank God that my daughter's home with me, thank the Lord, you know, because I'd be going crazy, you know. But, but, and especially the longer you've been with someone, I mean, after 38 years and everything, not that she's gone, but, you know, you spend so much time together that when that change happens even, you feel it. So it gives you even time, or it gave me time to even reflect upon that, you see. So change is indeed, it's a break in your routine. Change can be something that is going to be an expected break in your routine. Change can be something that's going to upend your life, so to speak, or change or, or, or alter what you are accustomed to, alter what you're most comfortable with. But there is one, the good news is, there is one who doesn't change. 
You know, in spite of all of the change that goes around us, and many times when we are going through that change, or when that change interjects itself into our lives, we forget that there is one who does not change, you see. Because the minute that change, that unexpected change comes into your life, you sit down and you start wondering, how am I going to deal with it? What steps should I take? You know, instead of making that call at 11, can I make it at 10.30? Can I make it at 12? I mean, how am I, or, or if, if I don't make it at, at all, oh, gee whiz, how am I going to manage? <laughs> you know, you really start getting upset, you see. But there is one who does not change. There's one who walks with us. In every single season of our life. Every single season. You know? So no matter how unexpected that change is or how difficult that change must be, we as children of God, we as Christians must stop and try to remember. Just pause. After you get over the initial shock of that change, what that may be, stop and think that there is someone who walks with you who does not change. Who does not change. Who is the same always. No matter how easy or difficult that change might be. Alright? So I can stand up here all day just talking about, you know, change and, and, and all like that. But the key is that we have to always relate things of life, especially things as critical as coping with change, to the Word of God. Because God is the master planner. God is the, he's our, he's our creator. I mean, he knows what change is all about. You know, God knows that a change is about to come into your life way before you know it's going to come. Okay? See, but we oftentimes, we don't think about that, you know. We think that this change is something that I have to manage and I have to, to deal with all by myself. We stop and forget, we forget that, that that God who is always with us knows about that change. And instead of asking yourself, how am I going to deal with this change? Or racking your brains and losing sleep at night, how am I going to manage this change? Look at the one who does not change, the one who is the same always. So today I'm going to give you seven scriptures. It's interesting, it's just, I'm just choosing seven here. God's perfect number, praise the Lord. Seven scriptures that affirm, affirms the Lord's steadfast present with us. It affirms the Lord's steadfast walk with us. And we need to meditate on these verses and even share them with others, you know, who might just need some encouragement, you know. The interesting thing about we as children of God, we as children of God, many times God will permit something to come into our lives in terms of a change. Even though we may wind up being upended a bit, when God helps us through that change, God expects us and wants us to share how we manage that change ourselves with someone else. With someone else. Okay? Many times you may ask yourself, well, Lord, why did that change happen? <laughs> the Lord, no, I didn't need that change. I mean, why did that thing come into my, into my life? Okay? I mean, I certainly didn't need it. You know, many times things, changes that are upending, that upset us, obviously we don't need them, but maybe God has a master purpose behind it, okay? So that's one of the important reasons why when change does interject and thrust itself into our lives, not only do we ask God how do we deal with it, but also take it to the next level and say, God, how do you want me to share this experience? How do you want me to share this experience? Because many times the things that we go through, there may be someone else. It could be a family member. It could be someone that you know. It could just be a situation that's going on. Or it may be some information on how God helped you to manage this change. That information gets stored away for some future point in time. Okay? So change in our lives is very, very, very important. You know? And you might ask yourself, and, and some would say, well, Jesus, what's so terrible about that? You may ask yourself, what if my life was the same every single day? You know? 
What if it was every single day? I get up, wake up, brush my teeth. I go in, take the cornflakes off the right side of the shelf. The milk is on the left side of the fridge. You know, it's like Groundhog Day. You know, we are living the same day over and over and over again. Okay? How interesting would life be? Okay? You know, you know so God does indeed allow change. Not only, not only, I think, does God allow change to take out the boredom of life, so to speak, but because we, shouldn't, we Christians shouldn't be bored in life anyway. We have the Lord we should be talking to and walking with on a day-to-day basis. All right? But it brings in, in variety. You know, you know the old expression, variety is the spice of life. Oh, well, Jesus passed it. That kind of change, that's one variety I don't need. That kind of change can be educational for you. And not only is it educational, but it builds strength. It builds strength. If you can weather the storm during a change, which at that particular time seems so devastating to you, it seems so impossible. If you can weather that storm, when you come out of that, you feel so much stronger. Mm-hmm. Trust me, I've been there. Okay? Okay? You, you, you go through that storm and... And after you've man, you, you manage to get through that change, you know that you're much stronger. You almost feel like I can take on anything in this world. If I dealt with that, I can certainly handle anything else that might be coming along. Okay? So let's go and look at Scripture because, again, it's got to be based on the Word of God. Okay? We said that <clears throat> uh, God is, is the one person, the one person that does not change. Let's go to Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13. I know the mere prospect of doing the same thing every single day, every single day, is uh, uh, is, is quite is quite un- undaunting. I mean, it's uh, uh, I, boy, I hate the fact of thinking that. Uh, if every single day was going to be the same from now on into eternity or until the Lord calls me back home, you know, and we all go to heaven, to me, the kind of person that I am, I, I would have a hard time dealing with, 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 with constancy. <laughs> okay? I, I prefer to have some variety in life, to have some variation. And you say, oh, Jesus, Pastor, are you inviting trouble? Oh, no, I'm not inviting trouble because I know that whatever change may come into my life, that with God, I can deal with it. I can manage it. Okay? Because God knows what's going on, all right? So looking at Hebrews 13, okay, we're looking at here, um, the Lord does not change, okay? He's the only constant in all of existence and creation in this universe. Uh, Hebrews 13, chapter, uh, verse number 1. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds, as bound with them, and them who suffer adversity, as being yourselves also in the body. Just to go back to number one for a minute, let brotherly love uh, continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Um, That's another thing, too, that we should think about is how we deal with other people, how we, um, how we convey a kindness to, to another person. You never know that individual could be an angel. You know, you, you just don't know. You see, and the Word of God speaks so much about that because so many times in scriptures, um, angels appeared to people in human form, you know, and they didn't really didn't realize it, you know. Um, going into uh, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, there, you know, the angels were there. Uh, going into into Lot's house and so forth, they didn't realize who they were. And there are many, many other instances, you know. So we need to think about how we. I mean, 
use of wisdom. You know, you just don't go throwing money, for instance, all over the street and so on. But you pray about it, you know. And many times you'll feel, you'll feel in your spirit when you should or should not give to someone that's in need or whether or not it's a scam or something like that. But the whole, what the word here is saying, though, just, just be aware of that because you may be entertaining uh, an angel. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them and them who suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Let your manner of life or your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. Please in the line, be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Please in the line, I will ne- he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You know, the other thing too is many times in dealing with change is that if the change brings you to a point where you feel you are going to have less than what you have, God is saying to be content with what you do have. Be content with what you do have, you see. And there's a reason for that because if you are coveting something else or you're coveting another position, you're coveting goods or you're coveting something that someone else has, you know, that is not good for, for us also. The word says does not, do not covet, okay? So, so to be content for what we do have. Now, that doesn't mean that you, 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 you lose all of your aspirations, not at all, but you don't get to the point though of coveting what someone else has or some other state of life or state of being or some other riches or whatever. Have you to be content with the things that you do have? God knows what you need. God will lift you up and exalt you to have everything else that you do need, so that we may boldly say, "The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me." We don't fear man. You know, many times when change comes in, it's involving. In many times, it's involving another human being. Well, there's nothing that another human being can do to you. We're not to fear if that change is the result of something that a human did. There's no reason for us to be fearing that person. We don't fear our bosses. We don't fear the President of the United States. We don't fear the politicians. The Word of God says that we should respect those that are in authority over us, but we do not fear them. The only one, because the man, the most that man could do is to take your physical life, cannot touch your soul. God, however, has a lot to do with your soul. Okay, in your spirit. Amen. But we don't fear what man can do to us. Okay? Uh, Verse number 7 says, Remember them who have the rule over you. There it is. Remember them who have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, consider the end of their manner of life. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Be not carried away with various and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with foods which have not profited them that have been occupied with them. Okay, so the, the operative uh, verse there is number eight, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. So relative to change, while things around us may change, we know that Jesus Christ does not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, so Jesus Christ has spoken to us. Jesus Christ has promised us many things. Jesus Christ has taken on the sins of the world, has taken away our sins. All right, so when that change comes into your life, the first thing that I would want to do is to run to someone who does not change, who is indeed constant, all right? So just remember that as step number one. When change enters your life, remember that I have someone with me who does not change. You know, everything that Jesus said in this Bible here that we're reading, it stood back then, it stands now, and it will stand into the future.
God does not change his mind. God does not look at his calendar and say, oh, well, this is 2016. What I said in A.D. 1 does not apply anymore. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The other thing that we have to remember, point number two, scripture number two we have to remember, is that when this time of change comes and hits us, and many times we feel lost, we simply just don't know what to do. Many times when change hits us, you feel lost and you don't know what to do. You say, okay, gee whiz, last night I went to bed, it was so-and-so, and this morning this is the state that my life is in. Or here it is, you know, 1045, all of a sudden I got this phone call, and what I was told in this phone call, from now on my life seems like it's going to be different. Okay, and so therefore we'll feel lost, we don't know what to do. What we need to remember in step number two, after realizing that God, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, remember then that God will guide me. God will guide me, okay? Don't think that just because your life was, was, was like, you know, in, 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 in scenario A, and all of a sudden now your life is going to be scenario B, that God is not going to be with you during that time, you see? But many times we as human beings, just because we're Christians, you know, it doesn't make us infallible. We as human beings in our minds, and the devil gets in there also and starts whispering things in there. You see? You had a steady and stable job. You see? You had a steady and stable house. You see? You had this, you had that. Now all of a sudden, based on this phone call or based on this piece of mail that you got in the, in, the, in, the, in the mail there, this letter, now all of a sudden your life is going to be X. It's going to be something different. So you, you right away you feel afraid. Oh God, we forget that God is with us. And then we forget that, first of all, God is aware of the phone call. Don't you think God was there, you know? And heard that idiot giving you that piece of bad advice that so upended your world. God heard that. God read the letter along with you. God knew it was going to happen before it even before you became aware of it. So God is with you. You know, God is already saying, "Okay, today is you know April uh, April 11th. Uh, he's going to open that piece of mail and he's going to read it. And this is what's going to happen. God knows exactly how you're going to react, and He knows what to do to guide you through it. You see, but many times what God will do in many cases, though, God will wait and see how we are going to react. Do we run and start trying to figure? how to fix it ourselves or do we go to the Father? Do we go to the Father and say, okay Lord, I know that you're aware of this but what do I do? I feel very upset. I feel nervous. There's no, nothing wrong with you telling God exactly how you feel. Lord, I'm on edge about this. Lord, take away my fear. You bind up that spirit of fear because I know God, you haven't given me a spirit of fear but of power, love and a sound mind. Spirit of anxiety. I command you get away from me. I will trust my God. Greater is he, the Holy Spirit of the living God that's in me than you, foul spirit of anxiety that's in this world. You can Confess God's word right back and you start remembering that he is indeed going to guide you. He will guide you. Let's go to um, Psalm 32. Psalm 32, verse number 1. Okay, the Lord will guide you. Psalm 32, verse number 1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, but in whose spirit there is no guile. Okay? So blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth no, in no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. You know, we, should, we as Christians should not be living, living lives that are, are scheming, you know, and conniving. 
you know, you know, you know, absent, absent guile. You know, Satan has guile. You know, Satan uh, guile is, is someone who is always scheming. You know, you you've, you've always heard of heard of Machia, Mach, Machiavellian uh, approach and things like that. You you're, you're planning and you're plotting so you can stab someone in the back and all that sort of thing. There's, blessed is the man whose spirit there is no guile. Verse number three. When I kept when I kept silence, my bones became old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Selah. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou, and thou uh, forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Selah. So, so one of the things that we should consider too also when this change comes about, and we're looking to the Lord for guidance here, we're looking to the Lord um, to tell us what to do and everything, we need to stop and also and just make sure that we are right before God and, and search ourselves to see if indeed there has been some sin, something that we might have done that would be in a, not in a, against the word of God, something that would have been displeasing to God, and at that point in time confess our sin. Lord, this thing is coming into my life. It's got me so upended and so upset and, what's, and I don't know what's going on. But Heavenly Father, I'm asking for your guidance, O oh Lord God. And Heavenly Father, God, I, I confess my sin of so and so. Lord God, if there is anything that I've done to displease you, if I've sinned in any way, Lord God, to let me know. To let me know. You know, you know see, see there are two types of sin as you've heard me say before there's there's a sin of commission you know that's a sin that you that you actively do or participate in and then there is a sin of omission which is many times a lot easier for us especially Christians to fall into and a sin of omission is by us not doing something that God wants us to do amen amen that can be a sin of omission if we're being disobedient to what God is telling us to do you see so many times we don't realize that you know you see so the prayer we should also be praying God forgive me of this sin, blah, 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 that you are aware of, but Lord, please reveal to me anything that I may have done that would have been displeasing to you, that would have been out of the accord of your word, that would have been against your commandments, reveal unto me anything that I may have done. And if you are sincere in your heart when you're praying that, God knows your heart. If you are sincere when you're praying that, Holy Spirit will reveal to you that which you may have done through a sin of omission. You know, it'll come back. The Holy Spirit will tell you, you remember that God told you to do so-and-so. God told you to call up so-and-so and forgive that person. God told you to do this. God told you that you're not giving properly to him. God told you that. God told you this. And the Holy Spirit will, will, will minister to you. And then you need to repent of that sin, of that sin of omission. You see? And many times it's easier for us Christians, like I said, to fall into a sin of omission because we're so focused on not sinning but yet still something God may want us to do for a host of reasons we don't do it because of fear of us not being able to do it because of embarrassment we feel I don't want to go to that person and say that to them or whatever it may be you know we wind up falling into that so it says that in verse number 5 again I acknowledge my sin unto thee and my iniquity have I not hidden I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord and thou forgavest iniquity of my sins say love for this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come near unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt encompass me about with the song, the songs of deliverance. Selah. You're remembering that God is indeed your hiding place. You see, many times when we are... When you stop and think about it, 
Many times when change is thrust into our lives and we feel so upset and upended, it's because we feel exposed. You feel exposed, all right? Before you're in your comfort level, you're in your cocoon of doing whatever it is that you do normally. Now all of a sudden this change is thrust upon you and you're yanked out of that cocoon, so to speak, and so you feel exposed. You know, you really stop and think about it. That's what this is really about. You feel afraid. Nervousness comes on because now all of a sudden I don't know what to do. I don't have the cocoon, the safety net that I'm usually in. Amen? Amen? So where it says that thou art my hiding place, Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt encompass me about with the songs of deliverance. Remember right away that when that change comes, and if you feel like you've been thrust outside of that cocoon, remember that you, you, you can find safety in God's hiding place. You can find safety there. Read Psalm 91. Read Psalm 27. Amen. Amen. You are my hiding place. You are my shield. You are my, but you are my fortress. Okay? So while you're going through this change, you remember number one, as we said, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And just because this change has thrust me into an uncomfortable place, I don't have to feel like I am exposed and unsafe because God is my fortress. God is my hiding place. And this is why it's so important for you to know Scripture. Because you should run right back to Psalm 27 and start reading Psalm 27 and Psalm 91 that talks about God being your hiding place. He goes on to say in verse number 8, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Please highlight or underline all of that. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Okay? So what does that mean? That means that change has come into your life and all of a sudden, this thing, it just, it seems, it's just so impossible. You, you, you know what I mean? This change hits you all of a sudden. And, and um, you're going to China, you know, and you're going to have to speak before 10,000 people in China. And you don't speak Chinese. Okay, well, Lord, you know, guide me through this. How am I going to deal with this? How am I going to manage it? You know, and God will provide a way. Either you'll learn Chinese overnight or he'll have a heck of a, heck of a translator there. But he will guide you through it. You see, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go I will guide thee with mine eye and when you stop if you stop and think about it while you're sitting there any significant change that has hit you and upset you especially a change that has upset you what has gone through your mind is how am I going to do this what now what next this is what's happening how am I going to manage through? How am I going to live through this? How am I going to accomplish this? You see? And what God is saying is that I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which you shall go. Okay? Lord, what steps do I take first? I will instruct you. Lord, should I call somebody back? I will instruct you. Well, the thing says that I must call so-and-so, so-and-so. I will instruct you. I will give you the words to say when you make that call. You see? You see? You see? You, you, you just don't worry about it. You let God guide you. You know, the word of God says that if you're called before the magistrates, you know, God forbid if you have to go into a court of law for some reason, you're called before them, God will give you the words to say. God will give you the words to say, you see. So don't let change put you in a position where you feel like you just don't know how to go through it, all right? Um, uh, so, and then we go to Psalm, Psalm uh, 119. Psalm 119. Speaking about God guiding you. Psalm 119, verse 105. Okay. 
Psalm 119, 105. Okay? Praise God. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And a light unto my path. Alright, so when you're talking about again being guided, it says there that your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Okay, so God's word is your illumination. God's word is your flashlight, so to speak. God's word, God's word is what will tell you what to do, step by step, step by step. Amen. You don't have to ask God, okay, Lord, take me to the end of this change and let me know exactly what's going to be at the end of this change. God will guide you through every single step of whatever that change might be. Whatever change uh, uh, is going on, if it's one that's going to be unfolding itself over time or in, in pieces or something like that, God will give you step-by-step guidance. He goes on to say, um, I, have, I, have, um, I have sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous, thy, thy righteous ordinances. I am afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord, according unto thy word. Accept, I beseech thee, the free will offerings of my mouth. O Lord, and teach me thine ordinations, or, or, thy ordinances. Well, verse 108 is, Accept, I beseech thee, the free will offerings of my mouth. What is the free will offerings of my mouth? Praise. Praise. How many times when you're going through a change do you ever think about praising God? You know, and let's be honest, folks, many times when it's a change, especially if it's upsetting, you know, praising God, let's be honest and open about this, and quite frank, many times praise is the last thing that enters even a Christian's mind, you know, and it's a shame to say that. But many times we don't think about praising God when this change, when this change comes upon us, you know, you know. Praising God, first of all, is something that we should be doing because it's realizing who God is, and praising Him for even being where you are, and you're praising Him because you're trusting that He is going to bring you through whatever it is. Praising also chases away spirits of darkness. Spirits of darkness, spirits of darkness will not and cannot be in the same place where you are offering and praising God. They will not be there. They will run from the sound of you praising God, glorifying the name of Jesus. Amen. So it says, and the free will offerings of thy, of my mouth. Free will. God gave everyone sitting in the sanctuary free will to praise God or not to praise Him. God is not a God, thank God. God is not a God that would, would, would zap us like robots and make us just love Him and walk around praising Him. The whole thing, this whole thing that is set up from the time that Lucifer was cast out of heaven, from the time a third of the heavenly host decided to follow Lucifer in, 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 this, in this ride of his, it was all because of free will. The angels had free will to choose. We have free will to choose. Adam and Eve had free will to choose to eat of the tree or not to eat of that tree. So God is saying, yeah, I, I accept, I beseech thee the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy ordinances. All right? So we've got to remember to be praising God. Praising God. Not only do we just praise God in the beginning and the opening of our church service, but you should be praising God when you're at home. Praising God when you're at work. Praising God no matter where you are, you should be praising God. It doesn't take a whole lot to do that. It's a free will offering. You don't have to jump down on your knees and wait until you find your Bible to praise God. It's an offering of your mouth. It's an offering of your mouth and also of your heart. Amen? Amen? Mindless praising does not touch the heart of God. If you're just going through the ropes of just saying, Oh God, you're great. Oh, oh this and that, this and that. And you're saying all these wonderful things. If it's not from the heart, from the spirit, from the spirit, then it's not praising God. Amen? Amen? So beseech thee the free offerings of thy mouth. Verse 109. My soul is continually in my, in my hand, yet I do not forget thy law. 
The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. Many times, many times, the result of a change, unfortunately, in our lives could be because of something that someone is planning or has plotted against us, you know. And let's face it, folks, we are Christians and God is with us and whatnot, but that does not stop those that are envious of us or those who would have, have agendas against us, especially if you're in business and things like that, or for that matter, even, it, it, could, be, it could be in your everyday, everyday life. You, you know, I, I mean, you could have someone plotting, it. you're building a house, you could have a contractor for whatever twisted reason, decides that he wants to give you a hard time and bring about some change, uh, some change just to, just to make you, make you uh, 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 to unnerve you, you see? So whatever that change, may have, how it may have been brought about, the wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. We do not change how we are with God. We do not stop reading the Bible. We do not stop praising. We do not stop praying. We do not stop worshiping him in, in our hearts. So regardless of how this change is being generated. Thy testimonies have I taken as, an inher- as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined mine ear to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. All right? So we see there that God's word is also guidance, and, and we, need to, we, need to trust, we need to trust in him. Go to Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3. So many times when change hits us, you know, and, and, and again, let's be, let's be real about this and let's be open and honest and quite candid. So many times when change, unwanted change hits us, it's very hard for us to trust God. Okay? It's very hard. Okay? Doubt creeps in and everything, especially if the change is significant. If you've been through upshaking change before, if you've been through things in life that have been, tickle, been particularly challenging for you and God brought you through it, if you remember those things and how God brought you through those things, whatever they might be, um, you'll be a whole lot stronger to weather a, an, an additional change, to weather a new change, okay? Because many times it's hard for us to trust God. So, and it's a shame to say, but it's a fact. Let's be honest about it. So we as Christians need to make sure that we constantly reiterate in our minds and renew our minds about trusting God. In, 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 you know, we, in order for us to trust God many times, it requires that we remember what God did for us before, you know? A change that you have in life is not a one-time event. If you stop and you think back and you had enough time to just sit there quietly and think about every single change that took place in your life, especially a change that was upsetting to you, you can remember that there were probably quite a few. And the older you are, the more changes you've had in your life. Amen? 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 And so, but you stop and you think back at how God delivered you through those changes, what God did during those changes, how, how you managed to go through it, how he directed you, and how he was the same always, you can therefore deal with a new change because you will remember what God did for you before. Amen? And we can't go figuring out, you know, trying to figure out how it is that God did it or how it is that God does it. So let's look at Proverbs uh, 3. And starting with verse number one. My son, forget not my law, 
But let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Alright, so the first thing we have to remember here is to not forget his law. Not to forget his words. Not to forget his commandments. But let your heart keep those commandments. For length of days, long life and peace they shall add to thee. So we just don't remember the word of God. We just don't memorize the word of God. We just don't go over the word of God so we understand it. Just because of the fact so we can tell others. Oh yeah, I go to church every Sunday. Here's the scriptures that we went over and blah, blah, blah. And recite them back. Okay? There's reason for knowing God. For knowing the word. For getting the word deep down in you. For having that word in your heart. And for you living by that word. Why is that? There's a great motivator for me. Why you should be doing that. It says right there in verse number number two. Why? For length of days, long life and peace they shall add to thee. Okay? So you want to have long life and you want to have peace. We need to make sure we're doing what it says in verse number one. My son, forget not my law, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days, long life and peace shall they add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them against thy neck. Write them upon the table of your heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Put a bracket around or highlight number five and six. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Underline that part where it says he shall direct thy paths. So again, coming back to that change there. We're in Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3 verse number 1. So when that change comes about and you're wondering how to deal with this change, there it is right there. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding, okay? In all your ways acknowledge him, he will direct your path. So when that change comes about, don't go trusting in, 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 in our, uh, you know, don't, don't go just trusting God, but don't be leaning on your own understanding. In other words, don't try to figure this thing out. You see? You see, God will, God will guide you. God will direct you, you see? And don't right away, don't, just because this change hits you now, you start sitting there and you're trying to make sense out of this and, and what you're hearing is, gee whiz, this is what I'm hearing. Gee whiz, I'm going to fail. This is going to happen. It's going to be a hopeless situation. I'm going to be destitute. Uh, I'm going to not enjoy myself. I won't like being in this environment. Whatever it is that's going on, don't lean on your own understanding. You see? That's, that's what that is. You see? When change, especially change, is that upsetting, we start leaning on our own understanding. We start, um, we start assessing the situation. Okay? When that change hits us, we, we stop and we start assessing. We start evaluating. We start thinking about what this change means. You see? And then we, as human beings, being fallible, we as human beings, we project the worst outcome when that change comes. We, we project the worst. And therefore, it brings about the worry, it brings about fear and stress and everything else. You see, so, so, so like, like it says there, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Okay, so in all your ways, acknowledging, what does that mean? That means that this change hit me. Got this phone call, this letter, okay, oh boy, oh boy, my life is now going to be like this. And right away, oh man, here I am. I'm living under the bridge. 
I got this, I'm going to starve, or whatever the thing. You build a worse scenario in your mind. And then you start saying that, okay, well now how can I not do this? How can I not allow myself to get there? Who can I call? Who can I write? Who can I go see? You, you see, you see you, you, again, you're leaning on your own understanding. But you should be, you're doing is trusting God and, 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 uh, and acknowledge Him, you see. So instead of doing that, like, oh boy, I'm going to be living under the bridge, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. The first thing you start doing is acknowledging God. God, and you're praising Him. I praise you, Lord God. You're Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I glorify you, Lord. I thank you so much for the cross on Calvary. You're my Father, you're Lord God, creator of the universe, Lord. And I know that you know about the situation, Lord. You are a faithful God. You brought me through all of those other years. You brought me through all of those other changes. And I thank you for that, O oh Lord God. I know that you're here right now and you know what is before me. So, Heavenly Father, I praise your most glorious name. I stand in faith in you. And I wait for your guidance, O oh Lord God. What should I do? What steps do I take, O oh Lord God? I am so, I, I, I am so, I, I'm so worried about this. I am so pent up on this. It's really shaking up my life. Lord, what is it that I should do? I know that you can help me, Lord. This is acknowledging God. This is stepping away from, I can fix this. I can figure it out. I mean, I know the president, I know this, I know the that, I can call this, I can send an email here. You're trying to figure it out. The first thing you do is don't lean on your own estate because nine out of ten times your assessment of the situation is going to be wrong. Okay, so why not go to the person that does know what the situation is really all about? You know, your assessment may be all backwards, may be entirely wrong. You may have a misconception, misperception of what is really happening in the world around you with those other human beings, if it's involving other people. You know, whatever it is, the banks or whatever, you may have a misperception. You know, God knows many times in my life people have made record mistakes, you know, in terms of things that dealing with finance or whatever's going on, and I wound up benefiting by and with not even unbeknownst to me what was going on. God knew what was going on and God corrected it, you see. You see? So don't lean on your own assessment of the situation. Do not try to figure it out. But just acknowledge, acknowledge God. Okay? And then it goes on to say, um, in verse number seven, be not wise in your own eyes. Okay, fear the Lord and depart from evil. Right, be, being wise in your own eyes is you feeling that I can solve the situation. Oh, I'm so smart. She was, after all, I am the top manager. After all, I am the this. I've been doing this for so many years. I can figure this out. I can figure this out wrong. Wrong. Okay? You know? You know, I remember one time I was in a meeting. I don't know why this popped up. God knows this was, gee, I don't know, 25 years or so. But I was in a meeting, and this particular vice president was there with me, my boss. And um, a question was asked about something. And I said, oh, oh, I can answer, I can answer that. And so the vice president, my boss, looked at me and he said, all right, go right ahead. And I went on to answer the question. He said, wrong. <laughs> wrong, just like that, wrong. No, that's not the answer. Talk about wanting to crawl under the table. You see, all right? Yeah, I was a new manager. And I, I learned real, real quickly here to not to be so fast to speak in meetings, to sometimes listen. Let the Lord guide you, you know. And he just flat out said, wrong. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't smooth about it. He wasn't trying to be politically correct. He said, wrong, that's not the answer. You see, you see? So don't lean on your own understanding because your answer, your understanding is going to be wrong. Especially dealing with the things of God. Amen? So you've got this change coming into your life. Don't, first of all, don't be assessing it yourself in terms of what direction. Let God direct your path. And don't lean on your own understanding of the situation. Because you could be totally wrong. 
You can be wrong. Amen? Amen? Lean not on your, uh, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to your navel and marrow to your bones. It will do you some good. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Underline the first fruits of thine increase. This is talking about tithing here. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. We've got changes and things happening in our lives. God, God, God will honor us if we're living by his commandments and also doing what he's saying. And, and the first fruits is, means that since we don't live in a farming society, we're not living, you know, in agriculture. The first fruits here meant when the crops came up, you gave the first part. You didn't give the secondary best, you know, you didn't give the second or the third group of crops. You gave them the first right off the top. Okay, for us in modern day 21st century that earn salaries, that means that you, this is your first fruit. You get paid whatever your increase is. Um, uh, number nine, honor the Lord with thine substance and with the first fruits of thine increase. All right, you get an increase. An increase in agricultural terms would be an increase in your in your crop. Your crop would be growing. Your crop would be prospering, so to speak. You, you get this new 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 harvest in. Okay, you get this new crop in. Us an increase every time you get paid. Bottom line. Okay, you get you get an increase in terms of money coming into your house. You need to think about the first fruits that you're giving to God. That's what this is saying. This is this is saying. We don't have goats and sheep and crops. Most of us and whatnot that we're giving to God, so to speak, to a priest to sacrifice to give to God. But the first fruits of honor honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Shall sell thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall um, shall burst out with new wine all right so God is saying here that you honor him with your first fruits of your increase and your barns will be filled with plenty so in other words if you were a farmer the minute your crop starts growing up and you say here's the first part of this crop that came up Lord I'm giving this to you you start thinking like that your barns will be full okay you start thinking about giving God the first fruits of your increase your bank account will be full Bank account before, all right? and, and I'm telling you, I mean, you've heard me say this before, um, but you, you latch on to, to the wisdom and to the truth of what this is saying, you know, and you will always be blessed. You will find money meeting money. You'll find God will, well, God will supply funds unexpectedly to you. You just have to remember to just honor him and just do this. That's no lean on your own understanding as to how that's going to happen. You, you, you see, but the, and you go to Malachi 3.10, which I won't go now, about would you rob God, where it says in Malachi 3.10, would you rob God? And God says to test me, prove me, he says, to do this, and I will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you. That's what it says. Would you rob God? Amen. So this is again, it's tying right back into here, into Proverbs here. Um, Honor the Lord uh, with thy son, thy first fruits. So shall thy barns be full with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. 11. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction, for whom the Lord loves. Um, he corrects this even as a father, the son of whom he delighted. All right? So we see here then also, in addition looking for guidance to trust him alrighty to trust him and he will uh, guide you and bring you through everything and then the last few scriptures here is knowing that the Lord is indeed with you knowing that the Lord is indeed with you let's go to Hebrews you don't have to go around thinking that this change that you're going through uh, you've got to suffer it yourself Hebrews 13 You know, and, and we've all experienced change, and you may find up thinking to yourself, 
Well, gee whiz, God, here's another change. I had a change before, and you told me to do so and so and so and so. I had a change, and that change wound up being something else. But now here's another change. How many changes do I have to experience? You know, how many changes do I have to experience? Well, we evaluate those changes that God took us through before when we believed that that was God and we followed what it was. And I'm not saying whether it was or wasn't. But we had this change and we followed God and the outcome was something different than what we thought, you see. And now we got another change that's coming up and you may start thinking to yourself, well, God, I've had changes before and it didn't end up where I thought, okay? That's based on your assessment. That's based on your assessment. The change that you did relative to follow and followed God's word to you, which you knew that you knew that you knew in your spirit was what God wanted you to do. And it seemingly did not manifest in the way that you thought it would. That's your assessment and your leaning on your understanding. If you followed what God told you to do, then whether you realize it or not, if you followed exactly what God told you to do, the outcome was exactly what God wanted it to be. Amen? Your evaluation or your assessment of where that change landed you, because it was not where you thought it was going to land you, does not invalidate that particular change if you followed God. The result of your following God may have manifested in the lives of someone else, in another situation, or bringing someone else to pass, something else to pass. Someone may have watched you obediently do what God was telling you to do. You know, they laughed at Noah. They laughed at Noah. Here they were in a landlocked land. No water anywhere to be, to be, to be found. Okay, the word of God also said it hadn't even rained in those days. It said a water, a mist went up to water the, 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 the grounds. Okay, they laughed at rain. What are you talking about rain? Flood. Yeah, what? They laughed at Noah, but he did. He did what God told him. Talk about a change. Can you imagine that? You're going about your business one day and all of a sudden, Noah, I want you to build me an ark. You know, what's an ark? You know, okay. But you, your evaluation of that change, those past changes, because they did not outcome the way you thought they should outcome, does not mean that God's change did not bring about his word, if you, if you followed it to the T. Okay? So lean not on your own understanding that when a change comes, in, comes into your life, and if it seems to be related to a previous change, and you start thinking, well, that previous change didn't bring any fruit. Eh, be very careful in saying that. Okay, because if you did exactly what God told you to do, it brought about that fruit, whatever it may have been. You just might not have seen it. Okay, you just might not have seen it. Okay, okay. But remember that God is indeed always with us. Hebrews 13 and verse number 5 let your manner of life be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Please in the line, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Okay? So again, when that change comes into your life, just remember, God said, I will never leave you, I will never forsake thee. I don't care how, quote unquote, threatening that change might be. You know, God is telling you that I'm going to upend your, your, your living quarters here and I'm going to have you move halfway across the country or halfway across the world for that matter. You don't think God is capable of going with you on that journey? First of all, God's not going to have you, have you go, go all that journey without uh, pro providing for you. 
Amen? So just remember that God has said that I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, the Lord himself will lead you and will be with you. He will not fail you or abandon you. So don't lose your courage or do not become afraid. Okay? Um, we, also, uh, we also want to look at Deuteronomy 31. Just a couple of more scriptures here. Deuteronomy 31. Thirty-one, and we want to go to verse number one. Thirty-one, one. And Moses went and spoke those words unto all Israel, and he said unto them, I am a hundred and twenty years old this day; I can no more go out and come in. Also the Lord has said unto me, Thou shalt not go over this Jordan. The Lord thy God, he will, go, he will go over before you, and he will destroy those nations from before thee, and thou shalt possess them. And Joshua, he shall go over before thee, as the Lord has said. So first of all, we see right there, he says, The Lord thy God will go over before thee, and will destroy those nations from before thee. That change... If, it, if that change is bringing about or has included in that change um, hindrances, issues, be they people, circumstances that are going to be a, change, be a challenge to you in, with this change, God is saying that he'll go before you and he'll remove those things. He'll remove those things. Oh, Lord, you changed me to go over here and go, you know, what about that guy that's the manager there? What about that guy that's already owns that tract of land? What about, what about, what about? Whatever hindrances or blockages that might be there for this change to come about successfully to your advantage and for you to be okay, quote unquote, God will remove whatever those hindrances are. Okay? So again, don't go, because then, otherwise, you're winding up, ending up, you're, you're trying to orchestrate that change. You're leaning on your own understanding of how it should come about. God is simply saying here, you've got this change, I'm going to take you through it. Just trust me, don't lean on your own understanding. And then he says that I will go before you, and I will destroy those nations from before thee, and, shall, and thou shalt possess the land. So you shall, you shall be successful in navigating through this change. Verse number 4, number 4 says, And the Lord shall, the Lord shall do to them as he did to, to Sion and to Og, kings of the Amorites, and unto the land of them whom he destroyed. And the Lord shall give them up before your face, that you may do unto them according unto all the commandments which I have commanded you. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is who does go before you. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake me. Again, the changes that I told you to think about that has happened in your life before, the things that, that, that has really upset you and, and very presented a very challenging set of situations in your life before, think about how God removed obstacles back then. Think about how God brought you through them. You know? And the funny thing about it is that every change that you're in the midst of, every change that you're in at the time seems insurmountable. It seems insurmountable at the time that you're in it, okay? 
But then think back through the changes or the things that happened to you in life that God brought you through. And you were quite happy and pleased after God brought you through it. But think back, you know, if you could do a replay in your mind, you know, like you had a VCR or a DVD, you could do an instant replay. Think about that change before. At that particular time, didn't it seem quite impossible? Didn't it seem insurmountable? And God brought you through it, you see. So remember those changes, you know. You see, you know, that's another reason why I believe God permits changes to happen in our lives because it strengthens us. And many times it gives us patience in God. It shows us that we don't just give up because something happened to change the way I thought it was going to go. Amen. So you think back on that change and, and that time that time in life where at that time it seemed insurmountable. It seemed impossible. It was a Goliath of a problem. You were pulling your hair out. Maybe you were in tears. You heartbeat, palpitations, all of that. But God brought you through it. Amen? Amen? So when you've got this current change that's before you, think back. Well, God brought me through that. I was sitting there and that man said to me, so-and-so and so-and-so wasn't going to happen or this is what was going to happen. And God changed all of that. Out of the blue, so-and-so happened. You know? So you think back on that. All right? Be strong and have good courage. Fear not. Nor be afraid of them, for the Lord thy God, he it is who does go, go with thee. He will not fail you, nor forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him, In the sight of all Israel, be strong and of good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord has sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit thee. And the Lord, he it is who doth go before thee, he will be with thee. Please underline all of this. And the Lord, he it is who doth go before thee, he will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. So again, when you're in the midst of that change, remember everything that you just read there. You know, and the very last scripture, which I know you're familiar with, is Joshua. Joshua 1. Joshua 1, verse number 9. Okay. 1, 9. Have not I commanded thee. Okay. This is the command. Be strong. Underline all of this. Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee. Wherever you go. Wherever. Okay? So God was not just with you in 1999. God was not just with you in 2002. God was not just with you last week. God is with you wherever you go. So that means wherever this change is going to take you, whether it's a physical move, or whether it's a physical relocation, whether it's a physical condition happening, or is it a spiritual one, you'd be surprised how many... You'd be surprised how many Christians that I know that are afraid to really get deeper in the Lord spiritually. Afraid to grow in the Lord. You know? They want to be in church. They want to be worshiping. They want to hear the word of God. To know it at a very basic level. Okay? But when God starts indicating in their lives that it's time for you to grow spiritually. Because there's new things I want you to get into. You'd be surprised how many Christians are fearful of going there. They're fearful, you know. So when I say wherever thou go, wherever thou goes, wherever when the word says that, that's speaking about physical changes, spiritual changes. Uh, it could be emotional changes. It could be dealing with someone else. 
You know, it could be that I'm going to I'm going to see my aunt Tilly, you know, who's hated me from birth, and I haven't seen her in 25 years. This poor aunt Tilly, she gets she gets such a bum rap, doesn't she? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I have no aunt Tilly to come just to make it clear for the record. Um, you know, this 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 woman that that's just been there all of these years. Now all of a sudden, after 25 years, you know she hates your guts, but the Lord is telling you, you know, in your spirit that it's time for you to go see aunt Tilly. Guess what? God is saying that. Do not be afraid. Be strong and have good courage. He says, I'll be there with you. I'll be there with you. You know? You know? You see? You see? But with this, the prospect of seeing Antilly, Antilly may have you so frightened and so afraid to go. You know? And again, you're thinking, gee whiz, when I walk in, I'm going to have to sit on those doily covered seats, chairs there. You know? She's going to have these little teacups. She's going to put something in the tea. I know she's going to try to poison me. I won't eat any of those crumpets. you got all of this thing pictured in your mind because you're leaning on your own understanding. You're assessing the situation. Amen? But then God is saying to you, do not be afraid. Be strong and have good courage because I will go with you. I will prepare the way for you. I will remove any hindrances, any obstacles. When you get there and you ring the bell, and Tilly says, oh my Lord, am I so glad to see you. And grab you in open arms. Hugs you and kisses you and brings you in. And then tells you to end it off. I'm leaving all of my property and millions to you. <laughs> On top of all of that. Yay. All right. Okay. Okay. So here clearly, you're, the point I'm making here is that the outcome was not your expectation. You know? And many times with that little silly example of Aunt Tilly, we have other things that happen in our lives that we, we sort of position the same way. We think that the worst is going to happen. So this change that has come about, you know, in your life, or the prospect of a change coming about, we don't fear it, you know. Yeah, after we get that change or news of that change, we initially have this reaction, which is, which is normal as a human being. But then we need to regroup as quickly as possible and remember these seven scriptures that we need, that we read. Amen. First of all, the Lord is with me. You know, Jesus does not change. So all of the promises that Jesus said to me in this word still stand to me today. So that when change comes into our lives, it doesn't just put us into a place that we cannot function. Because change is indeed going to happen. It's going to happen, you know. And part of this was laid on my heart because of recent events uh, in my own life and everything. But looking at what's happening around the world today, change is coming. You know, in this country, change is coming. You know, unfortunately, I'm, I, you know, I kind of hate to say it, but, but it's, 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 it's been prophesied. I think we live, I mean, not only in this country, but in the world. It's been, we're seeing prophecy unfold before our very eyes. If you look at what's happening around the world, you know, the condition of men, the thought processes of men, of man, I should say, you know, change is coming, you know. So we need to make sure that we as children of God, we as Christians, are in line with God's word and that we know that we've ha- we have him to rely on and that he can bring us through any change that comes about in this land, you know, and, and I just think, gee whiz, you know, we're still here, Jesus tarries in tribulation time and the whole thing with the mark of the beast, etc., etc., you know, how, how strong and how bold are we going to be to know that in spite of all that's going on, that God is with me and that he indeed will bring us through. Amen? Amen? Praise God. I pray that this message was a blessing to you. And now before we close, let us prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.